Cowboys in the news again, everybody. According to the Dallas Morning News, Dallas has offered quarterback Dak Prescott a contract that averages $33 million a year. Dak Prescott and the Cowboys have reportedly met, and the numbers that have been discussed include $33 million annually and $105 million guaranteed. According to Calvin Watkins of the Dallas Morning News, Cowboys officials met with Dallas Cowboys starting quarterback for the next decade. I'm this goes out to you, player. You know, you know who you are. Gotta be careful, can't let the evil of the money trap me. So when you see me, nigga, you better holler at me. Gotta listen to that bullshit all weekend long. Coming back late Monday evening. It's like 11.22 at, at night. Had to put on some Tupac to articulate my frustration the last couple of days. Uh, that, sh- that was just a little short little glimpse of what I had to read over and 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 over again. Dak Prescott gets a new contract. He got a $105 million guaranteed, $33 million. No, he did not. That deal was given out September. Well, before I even get started on the podcast, let me introduce myself. I am 24. This is my podcast, 24's podcast, the best video gaming and sports podcast on the entire internet. There you go. Now that I've introduced myself and my podcast, got a lot of stuff to obnoxiously talk about. I wanted this to be kind of a regular podcast. I kind of just wanted this to be a podcast where I come in and I kind of recap some of the stuff that uh, that happened this weekend. But apparently, because everybody just wants to freaking just run with a terrible written story, I don't even know where the rumor got started. I think from somebody from Dallas. Uh, they reported that Dak Prescott got a new contract. I'll talk about that in a second. But on top of that, I also got some other stuff. I got uh, some Dak Prescott analysis and things of that nature. Um, I got some U.S. women's soccer. I got Olympic teams going to Tokyo. I got L.A. versus Clippers. I got L.A. versus uh, the Bucks. I got a lot of stuff that we're going to talk about, not just Dak Prescott. It, it just annoys me at how terrible the coverage of Dak Prescott has been in the last literally two uh, two days. But ladies and gentlemen, that those things, excuse me, and much, much more right here on 24's podcast. And now I got to be get at the evil of the money trap. So when you see me, nigga, you better holler at me. So, let me kind of give you a recap. So, I have this, you know, I have an Android phone. 
got an Android phone, got Google on my phone. It's linked to, uh, to I think, no, I don't think it's linked. Yeah, it is linked to one of my Google accounts, my Google app. And the cool thing about my Google app is that it's like any form of social media. You have a timeline. Your timeline is specifically uh, like, what's it called? The uh, the algorithm is specifically garnered for you, so you know the al- the algorithm will only spew out content that you want to watch and content that matches up with content that you've that you've watched in the past and things of that nature. It's going to be targeted for you. That's essentially what the content in your timeline is going to be about. So I keep just getting spammed over and over and over and over again. I was out last night. I was getting some food to eat, and bang, it was I was spammed again with just like five articles. From uh, from people who are like, Dak Prescott's going to be the highest paid quarterback in the entirety of the NFL. He has the most expensive contract in the entirety of the NFL. And it's like, A, that's incorrect. Okay? That is absolutely false. He does not have the highest contract in league history. He will not have the highest contract in league history. Period. End of discussion. So some people are, they're, they're pretty much doing it off of a technicality, Right? So, and on top of that, I'll go into the actual annual per year and stuff like that in a second. But let me talk about one of the narratives, because there's been multiple narratives that have come out from this weekend. Uh, one of the most obnoxious being that he's going to have the the highest contract in NFL history. No, he will not. He isn't averaging the most. You don't know the evaluation of that contract itself. Russell Wilson is going to still be the highest paid NFL quarterback of all time when his contract is set and done, unless Dak Prescott gets something bigger and better. That's that's it. That is, end of this, that is the end of discussion. Do you want to know why? Quick math. He is averaging, he is going, Russell Wilson, excuse me, is averaging $35 million annually per year. The contract that was offered to Dak Prescott was for $33 annually. You don't have to be a freaking astrophysicist to understand that 35 over four years, comparably to 33.5 or 33 million or however much money Dak was going to get over four years, is going to be higher. The 35 is going to be higher than the 33. You don't have to be that smart to get that. So some people are going to say, well, 24, what about the guaranteed money? What about the annual prices per year? Because uh, because Dak's contract ran out because the Dallas Cowboys did not sign him. He will be paid $33 million, and this is the technicality that I was talking about. Technically, Dak Prescott will be the highest paid quarterback in NFL history. But his contract, the evaluation of it, will not be higher than Russell Wilson's. It may be, like, at the, at currently, if he were to accept the current contract that was offered to him, which was $33 million, 105, uh guaranteed, he would not be higher, he would not be a higher paid quarterback than Carson Wentz or Jared Goff. So that's just, that's just wrong. I get it, it's cute, like, oh my god, he's not averaging, he's gonna average more money than Carson Wentz and Jared Goff, and let me, let me just go to overthecap.com, let me just check out the cap numbers and the cap space and all that good stuff, because I'm like, I'm just sick of it! Let me go, so I already checked Seattle, Russell Wilson, he will get paid $31 million this not, uh, this year, excuse me. Let me look up, uh... LAC, not LAC, the uh, the Rams. How much money is Goff going to get paid? As my web page takes forever to load for some unknown reason, he's going to get paid thirty six million. So already, that's wrong. Like I didn't, like I I, sw- I promise you, 
I didn't do any research before this. I didn't do any research. I didn't do, like, I, I'm just going into this cold, right? And I'm like, I just looked up his numbers on Google. It's like D- Dak Prescott would not be the highest paid quarterback in the league. Because Jared Goff is going to get paid 30. Did anyone do their homework? Did anyone do their homework? Like, how, how, how did so many people create such a strong narrative that Dak Prescott is going to have the highest co- paid contract in, in, in the league? And it's like, like, we're talking people who are getting paid millions upon millions upon millions of dollars annually. Annually. And they can't do a quick Google search. It took me two seconds to do that. They're getting paid millions of dollars. They have researchers. It's like nobody thought to check this. Let me find my pen. I dropped my pen. I literally look like Velma from Scooby-Doo trying to find my glasses. I'm in a dark room right now. Hold on. I have to bring out a a flashlight. Where is that pen? I love that pen. It's gone. It's gone. I can't find it. That was one of my favorite pins. Oh, here it is. It's, it's no wonder why I couldn't find it on the floor. It was on my chair. <laughs> oh my gosh, I apologize for that. But it's like Jared Goff is going to make more money than Dak Prescott this year, unless unless they increase the money that he's going to gain this year with the cap number. With, with with whatever money they want to do. I don't know what they're going to do, but they are he is Jared Goff's cap number right now is 36 million. He is going to make more money than Russell Wilson will make this year. Let's check Carson Wentz. I think Carson Wentz will not make more money than Dak Prescott, but Carson Wentz Let's check his numbers. Yeah, he's going to make No, no, that's Yeah, Carson Wentz right now because what they did for Carson Wentz's uh, contract, excuse me, was very, very intelligent because I, I, I said this, I think at the uh, at the beginning of last year, not at the beginning of last year, at the beginning of the season last year, I was like, listen, sign Dak Prescott this year, sign him this year. You get to extend the four year deal over five years, and you get to split it up, and it's way more beneficial for your con- for your salary. Not your salary, for your cap, excuse me. So last year, his cap was $8 million. This year, it's going to be $18 million. Next year, it's going to balloon all the way up to $34 million, then $31, then $34, then $32. So, you have, so you're going to have some fluctuations, but overall, pretty great contract for your cap. Especially because it's going to go up in the next couple of years. Point is, Dallas fucked up. Dak Prescott is not budging. It's like, dude, it's Dak, what Dak is essentially saying is, I'm not going to take less money because of your guys' fuck up. You should assign me last year when I had that 3,800 season, uh, 3,800 yard season where we went 10 and six and we were uh, like world beaters. We were pretty, we were one of the favorites. We're always Dallas is always a favorite to go to the Super Bowl. They were a favorite when they went 13-3. and three. They were a favorite when they went 9-7. and seven. They were a favorite last year. They were a favorite this year. They're always a favorite. But I got a lot of issues with people being like, oh, yeah, he's going to be the highest-paid quarterback. Apparently, nobody looked up that Jared Goff is getting paid $36 million. So that's already the first issue. The first issue that I have is, simply put, everybody is saying, oh, okay, well, Dak Prescott, he's going to be the highest-paid football player in the league. 
The second issue that I have is people saying, well, it's a new contract. It's what's, going, it's what's been offered to him uh, this year. That's the new contract. That's the new valuation. Let me, let me go ahead and disprove that right now. Here's Adam Schefter of ESPN talking about the, uh, the contract, the, the new contract that Dak Prescott was supposedly offered uh, uh, Monday of this week. For all of that information, then the latest news, NFL insider Adam Schefter joining us. So that deadline I just mentioned yeah. could factor into contract talks between the Cowboys and Dak. Where are we right now? Well, let's be very clear. It's not a new offer. It's an offer that the Dallas Cowboys made one week ago on March 2nd. It's been out there. It was the first offer and the only offer that the Cowboys have made since September. And so if there has not been a breakthrough over the last week, I don't know why anybody would think that there would be a breakthrough on their offer from one week ago right now. But we'll see. The Dallas Cowboys would like to get a deal done. Dak Prescott would like to get a deal done. But the two sides continue to be a ways away in getting a deal done. And until they can bridge their differences, it doesn't matter when the offer came in. It doesn't matter that it's a week old. They're still a ways away from getting it done. And Dak is tracking to get the franchise tag. So there you go. It was offered March 2nd, this new contract, by the way, the quote-unquote contract. Uh, by the way, this exact same evaluation, $33 million, uh, annually 105 guaranteed, was offered all the way back in September. I think I talked about it like two months ago in January. He was offered, uh, he was offered $33 million, 105 or it may have been February. Point is, I've been talking about it for months. But then on top of that, when you hear, oh, they haven't gone back to him in months since September. The first contract, not evaluation, excuse me, uh, uh, a new contract that they offered him was all the way back, not even all the way back, but excuse me, back last week on March 2nd. Literally a week ago because today is the 9th. So on Monday of last week, they offered it to him. Dak didn't budge. The Cowboys, they put that information out. They were like, oh, yeah, you know, it's a new contract. No, it's not. They offered him the exact same contract all the way back in September. I feel like I'm repeating myself, but I just, it surprises me at how ridiculous some of this has been. Going further, let's listen to what uh, Pat McAfee has to say on the matter. But all I do know is every piece of information that you read, you have to try to figure out who it's coming from mm-hmm. and why it's coming out. Like this Dallas Cowboys Dak Prescott information, the 105 million guaranteed 33 a year guarantee or 33 a year contract that was just so leaked to somebody in the media or whatever, where it, that is 100% coming from the Dallas Cowboys. That, that is the Dallas Cowboys trying to show their fans like, hey, this is what we offered the guy. And now the Dallas Cowboys fans, if they read that, right, 33 million, 105 guaranteed, technically the richest contract in league history. If they read that, how it's presented to them, and Dak says no to that, you're automatically going to have a little bit of hard feelings mm-hmm. towards Dak as opposed to the Cowboys. The Cowboys have to survive long past Dak, so they're all, and they've been there long before Dak, so they're going to have the people on their side. But when you leak that type of information, like, hey, we offered this dude 105 million, 33 a year, richest contract in NFL history, and he he's he's playing saying no basically. 
immediately PR war is won by the Cowboys. No matter what happens the rest of the way through, it looks as if Dak is acting spoiled, which, by the way, whatever Dak wants, I think Dak should try to get because he has been underpaid for whatever. Now, he hasn't gone in the playoffs and won or whatever, so that's kind of a different animal. Have they won? No. I don't think so. No, he has not gone in the playoffs and won. I don't think so. They beat the Seahawks at home one game. Dak did? Yep. Okay, so he has won in the playoffs. Yep. Okay, so he's won a game in the playoffs, has not made it further than that, but still great football player who deserves good money, retired Tony Romo. So whatever the reason is that he's saying no to that contract, we would be intrigued to hear, but we never will be unless his people decide to leak it. And that's just like the Tom Brady Patriots stuff. It all depends on who's leaking what information. It's all about just kind of rigging the narrative towards your side, and it's – the NFL, NFLPA are doing it. It's all big business. You know, it's all big business. That's why people are, have a lot of money in the market. They're trying to rig against coronavirus narrative. And uh, I don't think it's going well. School just shut down. <laughs> right over here on the, on the west side of, of the city. That's what- I'm going to play it a little bit further because he has something very, very important to say, just in case if people are like, well, why isn't Dak saying anything? Why hasn't he given his side? Uh, hold on. Let me find it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Here we go. Here it is. We may get an ad break actually by Pat McAfee and his show. If we do, I'll let it play on. So here's, again, Pat McAfee continuing his thoughts on Dak Prescott. By the way, this is to address, you know, why isn't Dak talking about this? Why hasn't he come out and said, hey, this is BS, blah, blah, blah. Here's... Pat McAfee saying and talking about why that's not the case or why he isn't coming out and addressing this. NBA during contract negotiations, not contract negotiations, always seems like the player is the one that's being quiet and then the PR is always beneficial to the league or to the team. It, anytime you have lawyers involved, normally they tell you not to talk, right? Like that's the first. Whenever I got uh, for the alleged incident... <laughs> I had uh, the biggest lawyer in town showed up in the jail, right, to pick me up for my in-jail hearing or whatever, Mm -hmm. processing, I don't know what the hell it is, that thing. And I remember his face so vividly because when I was a rookie, they had a bunch of people come speak to us, and this particular attorney came in and he said, if you ever see me again, it's not good, right? (laughs) So then as soon as I get out of my solitary confinement and I go into the court thing and I see the guy, I'm like, oh, no, (laughs) here we are, we're back, right? This isn't good. Well, hello there. Utilize the promo code PayTheBills and get $20 off your first order from SeatGeek. Now, back to the magic. He was he rep, uh, represented Tyson. He's represented basically every court case in Indianapolis. This guy, Jim Boyles, he represents. And he, as soon as he saw me and we were walking out of the jail and everything like that, and I sat in his car, he gave me a card. And on the back of it, it said, don't say anything. Uh-huh. And I was just like, okay. Uh, that's interesting. He's like, they already got your tweet out about bye week, bye week, bye whatever. Like, we need you not saying anything. We need you not doing that. I think that's just kind of how all lawyers uh, kind of, mm-hmm. because I would assume once you say something, the narrative could get twisted or your words could get twisted, especially in my particular case. Like, I couldn't come out and say anything. Now, granted, it was just a public intoxication. They couldn't really do anything like six months in jail, I guess I was told. But that wouldn't happen to me because it was my first offense or anything like that. But I feel like the agents and the lawyers have had more go wrong for them when people speak than go right. So I would assume the safe option is always like, don't say anything. And if you're dealing with players who haven't necessarily been PR coached or things like that, 
players could be saying things that they don't even know are making them look bad. So agents are always just like, I think, in the mindset that, hey, the less you say, the better, as opposed to anything else. Now, if somebody was to say it to me now, in my particular case, like that would be like, yeah, okay, sounds good. I'm probably uh, better at this than you are. Uh-huh. Go ahead and take a, take a hike. But I think with a lot of players, they're told not to say anything because you don't want to mess anything up, right? Like, hey, let's not mess this up. Let's get this deal done. The agents are like, we'll be able to do that for you as long as you don't mess it up. Just don't say anything. But in the PR world, that doesn't make any sense. You have to at least leak some information to give your side of the case. Like, for instance, if Dak Prescott's people would leak just a little bit on why they're, yeah, the 105 or whatever is guaranteed, but it's not for until blah, 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 and it's also leaving out blah, blah, blah. Like, at least then it would make a little bit of sense. But anytime you're talking to basic humans, including myself, and I hear $105 million guaranteed, that's a lot of money, man. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, that's generational wealth, pal. Let's not get caught up in what Patrick Mahomes is potentially going to get paid because you never want to leave your for show money looking for mo money because you might end up with no no money. money. But all sorry, there you go. That's that's the full context of what he was saying earlier today. My thing with the Dak Prescott thing, uh, the whole situation, by the way, if you're wondering why a lot of people are running with a bunch of different stories and why a lot of people are commenting and a lot of people have a bunch of different opinions and blah, 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 blah. Uh, franchise tag is Thursday. So he's going to tag. I mean, it's 20 minutes to Tuesday. So the Dallas Cowboys, they seem pretty adamant on sticking with the $33 million, 105 uh, guaranteed. They also seem pretty, uh, Dallas Dax side seems to be wanting more money. How much, I find it very, very weird, by the way, that the Dak side hasn't leaked it, or more specifically, that the Dallas Cowboys haven't leaked the supposed announce, not the announcement, the supposed number that Dak Prescott wants, it's very, it's very, very weird to me that I keep getting 33, 33, 30, 33, 33, 105 million guaranteed, and the Dallas Cowboys, they haven't leaked Dak's side because they're, you know, they are, they know for a fact what type of money Dak Prescott wants and how much he wants it. It doesn't, like, I don't know how much money he wants. Nobody knows how much money he wants. We can only infer but if you ask me right now, 24, how, how much do you think? I, want, I think he wants 33, 34, maybe 35 million. I don't think he wants to reset the market, just like throw an axe, you know, light some dynamite, just blow it up. I think he wants to be paid more than Jared Goff and Carson Wentz. I remember all the way back in September, Pam Oliver, she had apparently talked to some people uh, that represent Dak, like his representatives for contract negotiations. And they were like, "Yeah, we've never, we've never asked for thirty-five million." Because, and even she had a, a question. She had an interview with Dak. She's, he's like, "Listen, like, I haven't been a Super Bowl champ. I haven't been an MVP. Like, I don't deserve that money." And Russell Wilson does because he is like, I don't. He hasn't been an MVP, but he's been a Super Bowl champ. Almost was a Super Bowl MVP if Pete Carroll didn't freaking throw it on the one yard line. If instead, if instead he had ran it. I would have been more okay with Marshawn Lynch fumbling that football on the one-yard line and the Patriots recovering than uh, Russell Wilson throwing an interception to to, to freaking Malcolm Butler on the one-yard line. They had beast mode. He could, like, even at his old age, he could still get you one yard. It's like, come on, guys. Stop being, be smart. Don't be a retard. Sorry. Sorry. 
But this whole Dak Prescott phenomenon, this whole stuff about his contract, it's it's got me, you know, it's got me exhausted. It's got me exhausted. I can't wait for Thursday because it'll be over with. I can't wait for either him to be franchise tagged, which it's looking more and more the case that he will be franchise tagged. Apparently, Dallas, they do this thing where they offer players at the last moment the um, their contracts, like the numbers that they want. They did the exact same thing with Zeke. They're kind of going down to the wire with Dak. It's just hardballing and negotiations and things of that nature. I pretty much, if he gets franchise, he got if he has, if he gets franchise tagged, I'm gonna have one thing. I'm gonna have like one narrative to talk about. If he doesn't get franchise tagged, if he gets a full contract, I'm gonna talk about something else. Like that's essentially how night and day this situation is. Because if you franchise tag him, like. Something important could happen, like like just something, you pretty much, it's a 180 from the other situation. It's completely different than if you sign him. Completely different. Because you're going to franchise tag Amari Cooper, you're probably going to let Byron Jones go. If you, if you franchise Dak, you're probably going to lose Byron and Amari. So they have to sign somebody by Thursday. They cannot rely on the CBA the collective bargaining agreement to be let through, to be passed. Because I have heard a lot of stuff today, especially from players, from people who are like, who, I mean, one one of the, the left tackle for the Panthers now, he just got traded from the Chargers. He's like, I'm suing the NFLPA because the NFLPA keeps on trying to pass the CBA, even though everybody is like, we don't want the CBA to pass. We're sick and tired of this CBA. It needs to be renegotiated. They even tried to get, they, the NFL even sent over a revised version of the CBA. Then the NFLPA revised the CBA. They sent it over to the NFL. The, the players, they weren't having any of it. They're sick and tired of it point is Dallas is hoping without hope that the CBA goes through or doesn't go through at this point so that way they can keep two players potentially sign one guy but the fact that Jerry Jones said a couple of months ago I don't get hand cramps signing big checks now's the time to sign big checks because as much as everybody's talking about Dak Prescott Amari Cooper Byron Jones Robert Quinn you got D tackles that are that are available in free agency, and you also have D tackles that uh, not not just available in free agency for your team, but just that could replace the guys that would have been on your team this year. Got a lot of guys to sign, and I'm seeing a lot of I'm I'm pretty much seeing arthritis developing in Jerry Jones's right hand because he can't sign any contracts, he can't sign any checks. It's like in the last six, seven, eight months, it's like oh wait, I got arthritis, I can't. Can't sign contracts. My pen is falling out. My pen is falling out of my hand. I can't sign contracts. <clears throat> so now where do the Dallas Cowboys go from here? Well, they need free agents. They have to sign some players. Again, obviously signing Dak Prescott is priority. They could franchise tag him and sign him later on. But keep in mind, if Dak Prescott does not sign the, the franchise tag, he can hold out, and because he will not sign the franchise tag, guess what? He is not allowed in the Dallas Cowboys training facilities. That means that the new offense that Mike McCarthy is trying to install in Dallas could not be installed, not because of Dak Prescott, but because it took so long for the Dallas Cowboys to wait to sign Dak Prescott. 
Let's get that right. Let's because I'm, I'm not I'm not a huge narrative guy. I'm not trying to. Even though I said I got two narratives that I'm going to talk about, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about two kind of like storylines and stuff like that. I'm not like the type of person to be like this is going on and I'm going to spin this for this way. It's like no, like I try and be honest. I try and get things correct. A lot of times I get some things mistaken, and I try to correct that on the podcast whenever I can. There's a lot of times. I mean, God, God only knows how wrong I've been on this damn podcast. I thought the Dallas would have won ten, would have won ten games minimum. They didn't even win nine last season. But I see what Dallas is doing. Everybody with half a brain sees what Dallas is doing. Maybe not half a brain, but who is informed about the uh, the ongoings with GMs and things of that nature. You know exactly what's going on. And it's like, dude, if if the Dallas Cowboys, if they were actually negotiating, if they were actually like talking to Dak's people and reps and trying to get things done as much as they were talking to the media, we would have had uh, the the damn dude signed by now. But because they want to play patty cake, patty cake with the freaking contract negotiations, it's already like we're literally like imagine trying to start a turn a term paper literally the week it's due. And you're trying to get it done in like two days, two days, excuse me. Like this is for the entire semester. This is for your, this is pretty much your final in college and you just started it and it's going to take weeks upon weeks of research and you needed to have gotten it done or not gotten it done, but started it early. So that way it wouldn't have stacked up on you and you're now starting to finish it the last week of your semester. That's pretty much what Dallas is doing. The most important contract they could have signed. Because let me put it to you like this. They didn't need to sign Lael Collins. They didn't need to sign Jalen Smith last year. Their contracts would have been up this year. But that same money. How much money are they going to get this year? How much money did they get last year? Let me look that bitch up right now. How, how much money do you think Jalen and, and Lael got? So Zeke's the, uh, the fifth highest paid player on the team. Tyron Crawford. Then it's Lael Collins. Then Jalen Smith. They're getting paid eight million and seven million, respectively. You don't think they could have gotten that money? Could have gotten uh, over to Dak Prescott? Let me check out Jalen Smith. How much money is he valued at currently? By the way, I'm playing with my Rubik's cube. Just got back into cubing. He's going to be signed until 2025. <clears throat> His total contract is going to be worth like seventy million. I think. Yeah, like his total contract. Yeah, ever since they've been tracking it since 2019, total contract is going to be worth 70 million. Lael Collins. Lael, Lyle, 59 million. That's about 120. That's about a DAC contract right there. Lael is getting eight million this year. Excuse me, next year he's gonna be uh, he's gonna be getting eleven million. So last year he got eight million. This no 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 no. Last year he got four million. This year he's gonna get eight million. Next year he's gonna get twelve million. No, eleven million. I'm sorry. Last season, the 2019 season, he got four million. This season he's gonna get eight million. In 2021 he's gonna get eleven million. So there you go. Sounds like a DAC contract to me. Obviously, you're going to need to put some more money into it, but sounds like a DAC contract to me. Especially with Jalen not playing very well last year. I wish I might. 
I wish you might have signed Dak Prescott last season. By the way, for some for some reason, probably because, by the way, the Dak contracts are going on. The, uh, yeah, yep, yep. It's in the top left corner of the screen. The NFL Network is playing free agency showcase, Prescott and Cooper. The game that they're playing up against, the Philadelphia Eagles, the 2018 season, all the way back. Uh, this is the first, this is, yeah, this is the second game, not the first, the second game where Dak Prescott and, and Amari Cooper beat him in overtime, by the way. Final drive of the football game. It's in the second quarter. I think it's a free game because it's already like, I, I mean, I've, I pretty much turned it on when the podcast started and they're already like almost done with the half. Are they going to an ad break now? Like the two minute warning? Yeah, they are. They're actually going to an ad break. Okay, that's cool. Haven't really seen a whole lot of ads, if I'm honest with you. I like this. I like not seeing ads during a football game and having it being edited in such a way that there's very, very little downtime in between uh, plays. Like, as soon as the play is over, they just fast forward to the next play. I like that a lot. 24, how much money should Dak Prescott get? He should get somewhere between 34, 35 million. Really? I'm fine with paying him 37 million. Some people are going to debate semantics. Some people are going to say, well, he's not worth it. He is worth it. Blah, 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 blah. The fact of the matter is, and I said this a couple of weeks ago, Dak Prescott is a top 10 quarterback. He is on the verge of becoming a top five quarterback in the league. Don't believe me. You don't believe me. Some people are going to say, well, he, he pads his stats. He pads his numbers. He's a patter of stats. Giving me every single reason, giving people, excuse me, every single reason to not pay him. All I got to say to this, all I got to say for people who are like, well, Dak Prescott, he's not going to work. I'm not even going to say that to people. I'm just going to put this out there. I'm not saying this to anyone in particular. I'm just going to put this out there. There's a lot of people, they got their two cents and they can't even give out their two cents. They don't got, they don't got the type of capital that I have, the type of uh, wealth that I have when it comes to the knowledge of this type of shit. They don't got it. That's why they go broke given their two cents. Let me lay it down to you like this. In the next two to year, uh, two to three years, Dak Prescott, two to three years, excuse me, Dak Prescott will be a top five quarterback in the league. Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, they're all going to retire. And then on top of that, here's the real kicker: Aaron Rodgers is declining. You look at his numbers, you look at Pat, his passer rating, you look at his need this year to rely on the run game, especially to do anything. Like how many how many yards did he have against the uh, the Forty ers It doesn't matter because like they they weren't winning that game anyways. But let's just check how many yards. Uh, let me check the two thousand nineteen season. Oh wait, let me go to his game logs. Playoffs, playoffs, playoffs. I just hope we can win a game. 31 31 of 39 for almost 80%, 326 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Declining. Like you look at the completion percentage, you look at the yards, you're like, damn, that's that's great numbers. Then you look at his touchdown to interception ratio, one to one, and that's god awful. 
in a playoff game, by the way. By the way, also against Seattle, he had 59% for two touchdowns. That's... He had 243 yards, so I guess, Yeah, I mean, that's okay, I guess. Now, that's almost 60%, but... What was his pass rating? Let me go on his ESPN. Let me go on ESPN. Let me see him on ESPN, because Pro Football, pro football Reference isn't tracking it. Excuse me. Let me see him. They're tracking his QBR. I wanted to see his passer rating, but his QBR was 82, which was above average, I guess. He had a 21.9 QBR against San Fran. So, against Detroit, against Minnesota, he had 35 and 36. That is below average. Against Chicago, let me let me just point out, oh my God. Let me just point out the games where he had below average QBR, which is below 50%, 50 on a rating. Uh, let me just let me just do it. But uh, where he had, let me just say the games where he had below fifty on the on the quarterback rating against Detroit, against Minnesota, against Chicago, against Washington, against San Francisco, against uh, Carolina, against Los Angeles, the Chargers, against Detroit. He had a fifty eight point three quarterback rating against Dallas, but against. Chicago and against Minnesota, he had below 50 quarterback rating. Below a 50, excuse me, quarterback rating. That is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 games. 10 games where he had below 50, which is below average. In some of the games, he had a 12, which is significantly below average. Against San Francisco, he lost 37 to 8. Against the Bears, where they won 21-13 and 10-3, he had a 41.4 QBR and a 36.0 QBR, respectively, in the two games that he uh, that he played against Chicago. Now let's compare Dak Prescott. Let's see his numbers. By the way, I haven't checked any of this. I, haven't, I know this seems like, oh my God, you're, you're checking all this stuff. Uh, right, 24? It's like, no, I... Just started to look it up here. I don't know what his numbers are. I could be horribly wrong. I could be hor- horribly right. But I'm just going to take a shot in the dark. I don't think Dak Prescott has 10 games where his QBR is under 50. Just going to take a shot in the dark here. Let's just check it out. So, Dak Prescott's games under 50. The first game against Green Bay. Second, third, four. He has four games where he has uh, under. Nope, nope. Not even four games. Excuse me. I was being way too hard on Dak. I said 50 QBR, 50 quarterback rating is under average, right? And I was like, oh, I'm just counting the 50s, right? I'm just counting 54, 58%. Not 58%, but 58 quarterback rating. Nope. Those are above 50. That'll work. That is shockingly above average. If not, it's slightly, but it's shockingly. Dak only has one, two, two games. No, three games. Sorry about that. Where his quarterback rating is below 50. Those games include the Green Bay Packers, the Philadelphia Eagles, 
and the New England Patriots. And I can kind of agree, except on the Green Bay Packers game, he didn't play very well in some of those games against Philadelphia and against Chicago. But he gets an excuse for Philadelphia. He was hurt. By the way, if you're wondering, uh, is Philadelphia the worst game quarterback rating-wise last year? No, it's not. It's the second worst. The Green Bay game, I don't I don't get that at all. But, I mean, I think it's the three interceptions, but two of which weren't his fault. One of which was Amari's and the other of which was the referee's. But Dak Prescott, shockingly enough, has more higher quarterback-rated games than Aaron Rodgers. Hmm. Isn't, isn't that interesting? Not saying that he's a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers, but what, remember what the whole concept of me showing the Aaron Rodgers quarterback ratings were. They were to show Aaron Rodgers is on a decline. Everybody is talking about how Brady is on a decline, right? Everybody is saying to me, well, Brady is on a decline and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, I'm not so sure about that. What I am positive is about is that Aaron Rodgers is on a decline. My point being, and this circles back to what I was talking about with Dak Prescott, because everybody says, well, he's a terrible quarterback and he's he's not a lead and blah, blah, blah. Has anyone not seen him? I'm, I'm watching him play right now. And this was actually going to be something that I talked about on this podcast. I watched a lot of Dak Prescott play 2018, 2019, 2016, 2017 over the last couple of days. I took a day, I took a break. I took a day off on Sunday. Took a day. But I came back Monday. Technically today is Tuesday. It's 12.03, 12.02 now. And I was like, man, coming in with a whole lot of knowledge. That knowledge is Dak Prescott... From years three, not even free, two to three, he ballooned. He jumped up as a deep ball passer. From years three to four, he increased upon that skill even further. I think this season, this offseason, he's going to be able to hit from, he's, he's going to be able to hit you from everywhere, man. Deep balls, over the middle throws. Short yardage passes, short yardage passing. The entire playbook is wide, wide, wide open for Mike McCarthy when he gets to Dallas, when when they start playing football games. Let me write down a dude's name in my journal that I just came up when I was thinking about Dak Prescott. Very, very important name. But Dak has worked... He's become a great passer of the football. Everybody wants to shit on Dak Prescott. I'm like, damn it. Like, has anyone, has anyone besides me not watched him significantly approve as a deep ball passer? And as much as, pe- as much people want to give him shit and say that he's not an elite level quarterback, he's on that, he's on the verge, man. He's on that verge. He is so close. He is, he's a lot closer to being an elite level quarterback than I think people are willing to acknowledge. I mean, he he could he could potentially go to the NFC Championship game with ease next year if the defense did anything positive this year. Like that's how easy it is for Dallas to go. That's how close they are to go to the NFC Championship game. And obviously, if Dak Prescott stays healthy, they are so close. 
And everybody wants to blow it up. A couple of weeks ago, people were like, trade him. Now they're like, don't pay him, franchise him. Like, okay. All right. All right. Okay. You do realize this will only fuel Dak Prescott even more. I hope people understand that. that This is just going to piss him off even more. And you're going to have a 5,000-yard season. I I think next year, depending on how they structure the offense, because I don't don't know what they're going to do, depending on who they get in free agency, because, again, I don't know what they're going to do, depending on all that stuff, potentially Dak Prescott could have 35 through the air easily. 35 through the air. And by 35 through the air, I mean 35 touchdowns. I didn't stutter. I said 35 through the air. Somewhere close to 3,500, again, depending on what type of offense they're going to run. 3,500 yards to 4,500 yards. They're going to run the West Coast. He's going to have somewhere, he's going to have somewhere close to 4,000 yards next season. I always say this. I always ask the question. Because everybody's like, well, he has his numbers padded. He always, everybody always says to me his, his numbers are padded and all that good stuff. Like, okay, what games? What games? I can do your homework for you. I can say Buffalo and Chicago. But beyond that, because everybody pads their stats. Drew Brees has five 5,000-yard seasons. He only has two winning records with those seasons, by the way, where he actually goes to the playoffs. It's 7-9, and 7-9, 8-8. Eight eight. So yes, people pad their stats. Is it wrong? No, not really. If you only do it every once in a while. And was Dak, like, I don't, I don't get the whole, bat, like, padding his stats. Do I care that Drew Brees is padding his stats in those games? No, I don't care. He's one of the best throwers of all time. Do I care that Dak Prescott is padding his stats? No. I don't know why. Because he's still a great quarterback. Jesus Christ. It's like if, if Zeke has 1,600 yards in his rookie season, why do you think that is? Because they didn't pass it. Is Zeke padding his stats? Like, come on. Come on. Bunch of quarterbacks can't even pad their stats. I'm like, <laughs> come on, come on. All right. Let's talk about some other stuff. Let's talk about some fun stuff here. I think I should continue forward with the uh, with the media being ridiculous. Because, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, already, I'm already logged in. Maybe I should just continue forward. So... Again, going back to my Google timeline and my articles and stuff like that, I get this article in my feed today. Technically, it was yesterday because, again, today is Tuesday now. Got this article in my feed. I was like, that's a dumb article, right? Somebody was challenging Jeff Akuda and Jeff Akuda chastised him. Let me find the actual tweet here. By the way, the dude got fired at the end. <laughs> What a moron! What an idiot! Let me try and find it. Oh, they 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 pulled together they pulled together the entire like timeline of tweets and stuff like that of the uh, idiotic reporter uh, talking to Jeff Okuda. Hold on, I'm, I'm getting an ad here. You know what? I'm just gonna play it anyways. Here's the uh, the number one cornerback in the draft talking to some absolute moron of a reporter uh, uh, in the at the NFL Combine uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, sometimes you have a tendency to get kind of. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. There we go. I'll play it from the beginning. Uh, sometimes you have a tendency to get kind of sloppy. How are you looking to kind of improve that? Sloppy in what way? Sloppy, like kind of use 
penalties and stuff like that. I had zero pass interferences, zero holdings. So cut the tape on again. I think you might see something else. Cut the tape on again. Hey, 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 cut the tape on again. Cut the tape on. Cut it on. You need to watch some football. All right. So to give the journalists some breathing room, I couldn't I couldn't find his his penalties either. Like I looked everywhere. I looked on usually the I looked on the sites that I get most of my uh, most if not all of my stats on. Uh Pro Football Reference, ESPN. I looked on his co- I looked at his college years cuz obviously he's not a pro yet. But I looked at his numbers and they had his pass they had his interceptions, they had his pass breakups, they had all that good stuff. They didn't have his penalties. So to give the journalist some credit, it would have been hard, or at least harder than just Googling it, to find out whether or not he had those numbers or not, whether or not he had uh, pass interference, not pass interferences, excuse me, but penalties. So I guess that's the case, but notice like how the journalist stutters. Like I stutter because I'm trying to think, and sometimes like I like I, I forget some words, I, I, like apparently Joe Biden, the the president has. Hold on, what's that word where you're trying to figure out like words and stuff like that? Like Joe Biden, he has a stutter. I know he's a presidential candidate, and depending on where you fall on the political spectrum, you could like him or don't like him. I'm not saying I'm not affiliating myself with him. I'm just saying like like he has a stutter. I have a stutter. He uses like he uses different word association whenever he's talking because sometimes he forgets like certain words and stuff like that. Maybe not forgets, but sometimes he's like trying to figure out the a specific word to use and he forgets or maybe not forgets, but he can't figure out that word and he's like, well, let me try and like think or use a different word or phrase to use the word or phrase that I'm trying to use. That's essentially what I do sometimes and it comes out as a stutter. I can't remember what the word is called, but I think it's like stutter. I think it's called over... It's pretty much changing out words or over, over community. I don't know. I was it was on the it was on the Phil DeFranco show today. I was watching that and it was on the Phil. Pretty much, I do that, right? So going, <laughs> I, I, I'm like, why was I even talking about my stutter? Going back to Akuda, Akuda, the guy stuttering in the interview. It's not like my stutter where he's trying to figure out words. He's trying to come up with something because he's bullshitting right now, right? He's trying to figure out a way. To, to talk to Akuda now and to ask him a question because Akuda is like, uh, because Akuda was, was pressing him. He was like, listen, like, like, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by my sloppy play? Because Akuda already knows that he hasn't committed any pass interferences. And this guy, this intelligent journalist, hasn't done any research on Akuda. And he's like, well, yeah, the pass interferences. Akuda's like, what pass interferences? So, instead of... Uh, Instead of, you know, saying, oh, I was wrong on that, my bad, my mistake, instead of coming in and asking a intelligible question, instead of having a follow-up to your potential question, instead of having a multitude of different questions, uh, he just bullshits. Number one ranked corner back in the league, by the way, in the draft, excuse me. Here's what he had to say. I won't mention this guy's name, but here's what this guy had to say. I've seen the ugly parts of the sports business, so I have decided to leave at the Scarecrow, and the Scarecrow is his uh, is his former place of employ. Uh, his former. Why am I seeing girls in bikinis? I'm getting literally an advertisement for Beach Bunny swimwear right now 
in a video that is uh, what what I'm really really tempted to look up this freaking like this this site because I'm like why am I getting linked this site right now? And now the article goes back and now they're giving me an NFL Network a little short clip because the advertisement is done. I'm like okay, just, just can I just not have advertisements play? Thank you very much. Anyways, uh, here's the guy talking about it. I've seen the ugly parts of the sports business, so I've decided to leave the scarecrow. I will be putting my talents somewhere else. I want to thank Johnny for the chance he took upon me. I also want to thank Peach Polymer and Mike Sports for helping me reach the next level. Those who want to contact me from there can still do. I just want to work in an environment with... I just can't, excuse me, work in an environment where there is no respect. The publication was like, oh, you bullshitted Jeff Akuda? You're not going to bullshit us. They come out with an official statement. Official statement. We have let the journalist in question go <laughs> go from our site. Here's his error in judgment and lack of research involving Jeff Akuda at the Combine was inexcusable. We understand that people make mistakes, but this person not only embarrassed himself and us, he also Double down. Again, we apologize to Jeff Akuda, along with our fans and readers. We will continue to bring you up, uh, excuse me, top-notch sports analysts, fantasy articles, and DFS advice on a daily on a daily basis. Excuse me. We appreciate all of our followers and readers. Thank you so much. He got fired. <laughs> he got fired. And some people are going to be like, "Well, twenty-four. Isn't it a little bit harsh? Isn't it a little bit harsh to fire a guy?" You know, over asking a question like, come on, 24, how harsh is it? That's a little bit ridiculous. That's a little bit ridiculous. I got to agree with you on that. It is a little bit ridiculous for asking a question and not knowing the question, not knowing the answer to the question. Because usually when you ask a question, you usually want to know the answer to the question or you actually want to ask a question that's going to lead to somewhere, lead to some intrigue, something interesting, you know? That's kind of the whole job of the journalist, right? To ask a question. And he failed to do that because he asked a terrible question. But is that worthy of being fired? Is it worthy? Yeah, it is. Want to know why? Because it's his damn job. And it's not just about asking a question. It is, it is about the context of the question itself. And the question was, what can you do to clean up your sloppy play? Now, Obviously, because Jeff Okuda doesn't have any pass interferences or whatever committed against him, or not committed against him, but committed against other wide receivers, he doesn't really have a lot of sloppy play. And if he was an analyst, if he was somebody else, because let me let me clarify this: Jeff Okuda is not a perfect player. He is not. He has flaws. He has issues. Everybody has flaws and issues that they can be criticized upon. I can be criticized upon my flaws and my issues. That's perfectly fine. That's perfectly natural. The issue here in question is the dumb criticism, is the dumb narrative that is being spun with Jeff Okuda and the waste of absolute time that this journalist spent. Like the, 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 uh, the publishing company or the, news, the newspaper, excuse me, could have sent somebody else. They easily could have sent, for example, a reporter that's going to have a prepared question in, uh, excuse me, uh, what's the word? Targeted for Jeff Akuda. They could have easily have done that. They could have sent somebody else, but instead they sent this specific person. 
And he asks terrible questions. So yes, when your job is being a journalist and your job is asking the right questions, you have to ask the right questions, meaning that you have to ask questions that are going to get great answers to. And he asked a terrible question. And then on top of that, he followed with this BS uh, statement that he had on Twitter. So apparently, and I'm going to say it like he said it when he was typing it in. So apparently, I was trending on Twitter yesterday because of how I pressed Defecuda. It may be just be a play or two, but those plays are the difference between a Super Bowl and a couch sitting at home. It's our job to ask the tough questions. Spoken like somebody who's going to be sitting on the couch on his couch for the next couple of weeks because he's fired. So if you didn't get it in you know, his obnoxious voice. Uh, One of the most obnoxious parts of the article, uh, not of the article, excuse me, but of the tweet was, it may just be a play or two, but those plays are the difference between a Super Bowl and a couch sitting at home. Wrong. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Uh, A, you don't get to make that statement. That's why that statement is wrong. And B, it's not just every single play that Jeff Akuda is going to make, and he's probably going to play on Detroit. Let's be honest. He's probably going to be on Detroit. They ain't going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> they ain't going to the Super Bowl. They are not going to the Super Bowl. And then on top of that, the player two that he's mentioning, it's not, and, and, and by the way, I, I love it whenever journalists, they, they rephrase the narrative, right? Notice how the narrative goes from, oh, you asked a shitty question to now you're pressing him. Right, because that's that's how the narratives change. It's oh no, it's not that you asked a shitty dumbass question to the number one cornerback in the league. It's that you asked. A sh- it's that now you're pressing him. You're a hard hitting journalist. You're 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 a guy that went to school to ask questions. You know you have to go to college to learn how to ask questions and write the the answers to the questions on a piece of paper. That's why you had to spend over a hundred thousand dollars and why you're now like a five fifty thousand dollars in student debt. Because you had to, because you had to learn how to ask a question and then write that question down on a piece of paper, and apparently you can't even do that. I pressed them yesterday. I pressed them. So that's why he got fired. Sorry about that. That's what? What the fuck is that? I just got hit with another fucking ad. I hate. I hate goddamn ads that are playing when I'm when I'm trying to freaking look at the article. I hate that shit. I apologize for that pop. The idiot goes further to say this. This was not to meant this was not meant to be a personal attack on you. I had asked many players about their flaws to pick their brain and figure what type of player and what type of work ethic they would show based on their response along with body language. What? I hope you have a good career, Jeff. First and foremost, you're not fucking in the FBI or the CIA. You can't read body language, right? Like, like this. This is why. And and make no mistake. Sorry about the stuttering. Make no mistake. Certain GMs and certain scouts they ask the same dumbass questions as well without doing any research. So as much as I'm gonna absolutely dumpster on this guy, GMs and scouts they do it too. It's stupid. It's absolutely obnoxious. They shouldn't do it. They should actually just do their research. But this whole thing about figuring out the type of work ethic. That wasn't the question either. And and again, the narrative has changed again, right? First it was, well, I wanted to ask him about penalties. That was the initial 
question, right? That was the question itself. Then the question becomes, well, I pressed him yesterday. Now the issue is I wanted to pick his brain and figure out what type of player and what type of work ethic they would show based on their response along with with the body language, with their body language, excuse me. The context of what he's saying in that third statement is that he asked the, the dumb question and he wanted to pick his brain. It's like you can't, you're not smart enough to do that. Like you may think you're smart enough to do that, but you're not smart enough to do that. You haven't studied body language at all. So stop BSing. Stop lying, stop doing all that BS, and maybe you'll actually get a job where you can last long enough where you don't get fired literally after your dumbass mistake. Thank you very much. If you had fuck, and this is what I talk about with with not covering your tracks but admitting your mistakes. Like if I had done something stupid like that, I would like like I would have gotten fired as well. Everybody would have gotten fired. Like that's the dumbest thing. Like how stupid would I sound? On the podcast, if I was like, oh no, you know, uh, uh, like like uh, like the Dallas Cowboys, they, they didn't have a bad season last season. A quote-unquote bad season, because technically, like, 8-8 eight and eight is average. It's not like a bad season, but it's like, the expectation was 10-6. and six. But they fell short of expectations. So you can make an argument that they had a bad decision, uh, a bad season, and I won't fight you very much on that. Very much. I'll fight you on some stuff, but I won't fight you on everything. Point is... I would sound like a complete moron if I said Dallas had a great season. And if I kept on doubling down and changing the narrative, I would just sound like an absolute freaking moron, like this guy does on Twitter. But there's a lot of people who sound like absolute morons on Twitter, uh, so that's not necessarily anything new. I gotta pee. Ladies and gentlemen, um, I will be back in a couple of minutes. I don't have my song up. Where is it? had a song on. I was listening to this song. I was so excited because I was like, man, this is such a great song. It was a song from the uh, the new Cyberpunk 2077 uh, soundtrack and game and stuff like that. Super excited for it. Ladies and gentlemen, um, I will be back in the next couple of minutes after I take a piss break. 24th podcast.
4 a.m. Grimes made that song. It's a part of the Cyberpunk 2077 album. I was listening to that song. I only heard like a little bit of it, but then I was like, man, that sound that song sounds so dope. I gotta listen to it fully. Listen to it fully. Loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Cannot wait, by the way, for Cyberpunk 2077 to come out in September. We are only six months away from probably one of the best games of the year. <laughs> like, only six, only six months, only six months. I got everything set up. I got, uh, I, I got, I, I mean, when I tell you, I am fully prepared for this game. I got the compendium. I got the World of Cyberpunk 2077. I got that book. I got uh, the official complete guide, the collector's edition for Cyberpunk 2077, and I actually got the game. Literally bought it the day before the game got delayed. (laughs) Like, I literally bought all that crap the day before the game got delayed. I was was like, man, the game, because I bought it on Amazon. I was like, man, like the game costs like $50 instead of $60, so I'm going to get a discount. I would usually just go over to GameStop. I wouldn't even pre-order it in all cases, but I'm like, man, I got to get it now because, you know, because it's Cyberpunk. I'm already going to get it. It costs a little bit less, but then I started to go down the, you know, the pipeline, and I'm like, I got some spare money. I got some spare cash. You know, let me, let me treat myself. Let me treat myself just a little bit. And I got delayed the next day. So. You can tell I'm pretty annoyed by that. Anyways, let's uh, let's continue. So, got rid of, got done with uh, Jeff Akuda. Uh, Jeff Akuda still great cornerback. Speaking of great cornerbacks, talk about some free agency stuff. Josh Norman going over to the Buffalo Bills, being inserted into Sean McDermott's system. Ooh la la, ooh la la. That's an interesting move by Sean McDermott. It's very very interesting. Want to know why it's interesting? Because when you're a division. It's very, very weak, and you're only competing with only one team, and that's the New England Patriots. New England Patriots probably aren't going to have a good quarterback next season. They may get a guy. They may get a, you know, like like apparently the Carolina Panthers, they want to move off of Cam Newton. Probably later on. If they if they get the chance, they're going to move off of him. Let's just be honest. They get the, they get the opportunity. The opportunity's there. They're gone. He's gone. Want to move off Cam Newton. Andy Dalton has been in the mix. If they get Andy Dalton and if they expect to win anything, I expect the Patriots' attendance at the home stadium to decrease significantly. The Patriots, you're talking about a new quarterback and a new system and a hard system and a difficult system going up against a team with pretty good defense in Buffalo on the rise, you know, kind of offense, because they're going to get somebody this year. They're going to get a player this year. There's way too many wide receivers in this draft that you can take pretty early, and even kind of late, to be honest with you, early and late. You can take, they'll be playmakers for you. A lot of guys like that in this year's draft. In Buffalo, they're probably going to get some guys. Maybe a guy, probably a big-bodied wide receiver, because literally all of the wide receivers they had were under six feet tall. New England, they're going to get a guy. So in this era, era, excuse me, when you need a wide receiver and you're a quarterback, 
And worse yet, you're going to go to a team where they don't have wide receivers and they don't have tight ends and their running backs weren't very good last year and the offensive line wasn't very good. Like literally nothing besides Tom was good last year. And even he suffered last year. Not suffered. Struggled last year, excuse me. Point being, you got a lot of issues if you're New England. The worst thing that that could have happened is the Bills adding on a pretty good corner in Josh Norman. Even though he's probably a little bit past his prime, he may not necessarily be the top uh, flight cornerback in his prime. Or any more, excuse me. But can he still go cover some guys pretty easily? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, he can. I was like, if Dallas doesn't get him, somebody else will. I wanted him to come to Dallas. I wanted him to come to Dallas. He, he He's not coming to Dallas. I think a better question will be, will Bill Belichick, will they get a quarterback? Not a quarterback, a wide receiver in this year's draft. Because you know what? A lot of people are going to say New England's going to be fine. New England, I don't think New England's going to be fine at all. I think they're going to struggle. I really, really think they would. They do. Because next year, Brady's not going to be there. And wherever Brady goes, whether it's Los Angeles, whether it's San Francisco, wherever, as long as they have weapons, as long as they have wide receivers, and it's starting to look a lot more like the Chargers to me, Brady's going to kick his feet up and laugh at New England because he's like, Bill, you could have had me. All you had to do was get me weapons and not embarrass me and treat me with some damn respect. Instead, you don't have Jimmy, you don't have me, you have nobody. And it gets cold and it gets lonely in Massachusetts. Those rings won't comfort you. They won't comfort you. When I'm down in L.A. doing big things. I don't know for the Chargers or I don't know what team he's going to play for. I don't know. We'll know soon. We'll know in like a week or two. Another free agent that is uh, that is very, very important. Talked about Trent Williams, I think, on the last podcast or the podcast before that. Washington uh, left tackle. They're either He's seeking a trade. Somebody's going to trade for him. Jason Peters as well. He is gone. He's a free agent this season. Formerly Philadelphia Eagle left tackle, one of their best left tackles in the league, uh, not in the league, excuse me, on that team. Hall of Famer, Pro Bowler, All Pro, All Pro Bowl, excuse me, All Pro, there you go. All Pro left tackle, Pro Bowler, uh, Jason Peters, he's gone. He is gone. Who's going to protect Carson Wentz's blind side? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. I don't care. And you know what? It's it's going to be an interesting draft this year. It's going to be. There's a lot of great left tackles, tackles in general in this year's draft. There's a lot of guys, a lot of guys that you can get. What's going to be interesting in that left tackle position? Because again, there's a lot of good ones. There's a lot of great ones. If you're Philadelphia, do you go with a left tackle or do you go with? A wide receiver. Because you also need secondary help. Here's and I and I did this I think a week ago. I put on my GMing hat. I I, I pretended to be the GM of the Philadelphia Eagles. Howie Rosen uh Howie Rosenhouse? Howie Rosenthal? Howie Roseman. There you go. Howie Roseman. I, I'm like, it's Howie Rosie something. Howie Roseman. I pretended to be Howie Roseman. And I was like, we we can get Stefan Diggs, Antonio Brown, and a number one wide receiver in the draft. Right, 
We can do all that this year. We can trade probably a first and a second to to Minnesota for Stefan Diggs. We can we can sign Antonio Brown because nobody is nobody has signed him. We can get, for example, a uh, who, what what else could they have gotten on top of getting? Oh yeah, uh, like a number one wide receiver like Henry Ruggs the third, maybe Jerry Duty. Depending on who falls to them, they could pick his ass up. And then they could also get another weapon if they wanted to as well. Another two to three weapons, depending on how how much draft capital they wanted to spend on on weapons. But you all, but you have two veterans that you could get and a rookie, and you still keep Alshon, and you have that rookie first rounder. Depending on you know what he does, you could have him learning behind Alshon. If he doesn't perform well, you can then move that uh, move him up a slot. Got a lot of options, is my point. So the Eagles going to put on my GMing hat again. So Eagles GM. I am now Howie Rosen. I was about to say Rosenhouse. Ro, uh, Roseman. It's like, listen, man, you need a left tackle. You need a wide receiver. You need a cornerback. Here's what I would do. It's not as sexy. It's not as blockbuster. It's not a Henry Ruggs. But if a left tackle's there at number one, I'm taking him. I'm taking him. And I'm going to take another guy in the second round, maybe the fourth and the third round. I may double up on that position as well. And there's going to be a lot of value. Pitt, Michael Pittman Jr. may be there in the second round. Uh, who else do I, I got? A, I got a stacked list of guys that are there, Denzel Mims, he may be there, Justin Jefferson, he may be there, you may have to trade up, you may have to trade your second rounder and something else, but you may have to trade up, but you, there's, make no mistake about it, there's going to be some guys there for Philly to take, if they want to take them, as I am flipping through my pages, trying to find my damn wide receiver list, it's at the beginning of my journal, here we go. There's a lot of guys there, but do you want do you want to spend a draft pick on them? Do you want to get these guys? Do you want to do you want a for instance a I can't say his full name, but he's one of the best rated uh, uh, wide receivers in the draft, Lavisca Shinalot. I think that's how you like his name is a weird name. I just call him Laviscus. You can get Laviscus. Freddie Swain had a pretty good combine as well. Again, talking about wide receivers, Michael Pittman Jr. He's kind of that guy as well that I'm like, mm, that's a that's a pretty good wide receiver that I would want on my football team. John Hightower, he's a big-bodied guy. He ran a 4-4-40. 4-4-4-40. Justin Jefferson, again, he's another guy that you could get in the second round. Some of these guys that I'm mentioning, a lot of potential. A lot of potential. Jerry Judy, obviously. Oh, no, he's not going to fall to the second round. Juwan Johnson, Denzel Mims, maybe. He may be a first-round selection. He may not be. T. Higgins as well. He wasn't at the combine, but he's also a great wide receiver. Point is, got a lot of options if you're Philly. Not a lot of options. But do they want to do them? I don't know. But continuing on with me being the Philadelphia Eagles GM. So you have, obviously, what the Philadelphia Eagles are going to do with with their first-round draft pick, right? They're going to get a guy in the first round. In the second round, I would just take the highest wide receiver on my board. Just going to say, hey, that's a position that we can get. 
Because everybody keeps on saying to me, Carson Wentz is the best football player, and he's a great quarterback. And even though I haven't really seen much of that in the last couple of years, it's like, all right, here you go. Here's a here's a number two guy. We're going to give you a number one left tackle, and we're going to maybe even give you a number three guy. We're going to give you big body possession guys with good hands, so that way you don't have to worry about uh, 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 drop passes. We're going to pretty much potentially draft you 2,000-yard wide receivers within the first two rounds. Excuse me, not uh, first two rounds. First, not the first two rounds, the second and the third round, and we're going to give you a left tackle in the first. That sound good enough for you, Carson? Then what we're also going to do, because you may be asking me, well, well 24, 24, you know, how are you, how are you going to address that secondary? Great idea. Let's talk about that secondary. Okay. So, because I, you know, I, I like putting the GM hat on. I like playing GM and stuff like that. Because th- this probably won't happen. They won't, pro- they will not draft a first round. They'll, they'll be pressured into drafting a, um, a wide receiver in the first round or, or something like that. They may get Henry Ruggs, for example, instead of getting a left tackle if he's there or not. We'll see. <clears throat> but let me look at how much cap space they got. The Philadelphia Eagles. How much cap space they got? How much space they got? <clears throat> they have enough to sign the guy who I'm thinking of. And I think you know who I'm... Yep, they got $41 million in available cap. They got enough They got enough money to sign Byron Jones. Former Dallas Cowboy. Potentially highest paid cornerback in the league. Somebody's going to get him. How much... Speaking of Buffalo, how much money does Buffalo have? Doggy, they got 82 million. Whoo, doggy. That's a lot of cheese. That's a lot of cheddar. You can do a lot with all that cheddar. 82 million. You could even have a shot at Byron Jones. Get him. I'm like, hell, get him out of the division. Get him out of the conference. I don't want to see him again. Especially when you got to go up against Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and Deshaun Watson again next year. I wish I might. You go get him, Buffalo. I'm screw the Eagles. I'm talking about Buffalo getting Byron Jones and Josh Norman. One guy playing on one side of the football field, another guy playing on. You wouldn't get any damn interceptions. You would not get. You you make no mistake about. You would not get any damn interceptions whatsoever. Talk about it. Some of these teams, man, they need a damn cornerback. They need a quarterback, and they're gonna get one. Philadelphia could also be one of those. Listen, everybody's been saying it. Well, we have issues with our secondary. We don't have uh, we don't have a lot of guys to defend against uh, 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 wide receivers and stuff like that. And when you look at the teams that are in that division, you got McLaren. I don't know what his name is from Washington. You got McLaren. He's a burner. You got Paul Richardson. He's a burner. In my opinion, those two guys. Let me look at Paul Richardson before I just make a dumbass statement. On the podcast. Not trying to get fired today. Or his numbers. Just, I just want to be sure. Just want to be sure. Before I make a dumbass statement. Okay. I'm glad I did not make a dumbass statement. <laughs> okay. Okay. But in my opinion. I think McLaren. He could probably be a thousand yard wide receiver. Uh, for Washington. Paul Richardson. Uh, he had nothing. <laughs> he had 248-45 yards last season. But. 
I think some of the guys that are on, I think Washington is maybe one or two guys away from having a really, really nice wide receiving core, especially if they keep uh, Vernon Davis, depending on the health of Jordan Reed, look for Dallas to to potentially get his ass. Maybe not because they're going to have to pay him some money. But they got they got some guys now. They got they got some guys. Washington has some guys. The Giants they got Sterling Shepard. They got um, uh, Evan Ingram, and they got Golden Tate. They got you know a nice wide receiving core. It's not like great. It's not like oh my god, that's it's not like Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. It's not like that. But you don't necessarily need a great wide receiving core to you know to win you a whole bunch of football games. I, I like their wide receiving core. You just need a quarterback to put it all together. Remember they have Saquon Barkley. Offensive line isn't very good, and they, they need a damn wide receiver. They, they need a they need somebody to help out Daniel Jones. Maybe a number one guy. Maybe I mean, but the thing is, they already paid, for example, uh, Golden Tate, and I think he's their number one or he's their number two. So he's probably not. They're probably not going to do anything. They're probably just going to be like, eh, we're just going to have uh, we're just going to have Golden Tate, and we're just going to roll with Golden Tate. Be a mistake. Because there's better options for you, especially at that draft position, especially early on in the second round. But we'll see. Point is, Eagles, and and then on top of that, Dallas's wide receiving core, obviously with Amari Cooper, with Michael Gallup, with Randall Cobb, with Blake Jarwin potentially being that number that number one guy now for Dallas. <clears throat> maybe Jason Witten, maybe coming back and pretty much they reverse roles. Blake Jarwin would take the majority of the snaps. Uh, Jason Witten would take the. Uh, the the lesser snaps that could work that'll fly that'll play got options remember i've been saying it you got a lot of options if you're dallas but then you know philadelphia they don't have a lot of options teams have got to start especially in that division notice what teams have done a lot of teams are starting to get guys to rush the passer, stop the run, and most importantly, guard the pass. Because those offenses, especially in Dallas, it's like like every single team in that division knows if they have to, if they want to do anything, if they want to win a bunch of football games, they have to beat Dallas. It's cute to say that Philly, you know, like Philly, they 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 go through Philly. The division goes through through Philly. No, it no, it doesn't. It goes through Dallas. Dallas was in the driving seat of that division until Dak got hurt and they lost to Philly. Dak Prescott was 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 healthy. They would have won against the Eagles. A lot of people won't mention that he had a torn AC joint in his throwing shoulder in that Philly game, and they'll just say, oh, they lost. It's like, no, he was hurt. That's why they lost. That's why Dak Prescott had a horrible passer rating against the Eagles, because he was hurt. When Carson Wentz got hurt in 2018, everybody was like, oh, he got hurt. That's why they lost to Dallas. Dak Prescott should have beaten up on Carson once. It's like, he did. Twice. Didn't look that hurt to me. But he was hurt. I'm watching the game, by the way, where he's playing while he's supposedly hurt. Where's my remote? So I can fast forward through the ads. I'm watching a paint commercial from Lowe's. Apparently the husband painted the freaking, the bathroom... And that's the commercial. They're like, "Woo! Look at how much your wife will love you when you paint your bathroom baby blue." Like Jesus Christ. Watching that game, by the way, right now, Dak Prescott has had three turnovers, two interceptions, one forced fumble. 
The score is 9-6. to 9-6, to six, ladies and gentlemen. Has Carson Wentz been off target? Has Carson Wentz been inaccurate? No, not really. Does he look like he's playing hurt? No, not really. Not really. By the way, it should be mentioned, Dallas had a great game, the defense, up until the fourth quarter where they just stunk up the joint. (laughs) I'm not going to lie to you on that. Mm -mm -mm. Point is, going and circling all the way back to what I was talking about with the Philadelphia Eagles, putting on my GM hat and all that good stuff, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to get Carson Wentz some weapons both at, at the offensive line and the wide receiver position. If you don't, people are gonna give him excuses and blah blah blah, and people are gonna be like, "Carson Wentz is a great It's like, oh, all right, all right. Now he has no excuse. You've now suffocated his excuses. What are, what are his excuses? Not a damn thing. Moving on. Gotta talk about this. I love the women's national soccer team. I hate soccer. I will never talk about soccer. I will never live cast a soccer game on this podcast. You have my word. I will never, ever, ever cast them. I, I literally watch the women play soccer. And if it wasn't because I was a goddamn American, and it wasn't because, and if it wasn't because I was an American, I, I am an American, and if it wasn't because I love that soccer team, I would not have watched that football game or that soccer, soccer game, excuse me, referring to it in the wrong category. It's not a football game, soccer game. But if I didn't love that team, if I didn't love America, I would have turned that damn TV off real quick. I hate soccer. I watched it. Almost every minute of it. Because the United States, and you know, this week was International Women's Day. This you know, this month is apparently International Women's Day. Didn't know that. Not this month is International Women's Day. This month is International Women's Month. I didn't know women get a month. Like, black people, I'm black. I'm like, we get a month. I didn't know women get a month. I'm like, I'm, I'm a dude as well. I'm like, why don't we get a month? Excuse me, we get a year. <laughs> I'm like, we get a year. We, we get every other month. I'm like, what, I'm like, we get every other month is men's month. That's why. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Enough joking around. Anyways, women played yesterday. Julie Ertz, 86-minute goal. Golasso. I hated how the announcer was trying to, you know how like those Spanish announcers, they like have those long goals that are like, goal, like they, like they do that. The announcer tried to do that. It was absolutely horrendous. It was terrible. I was like, don't ever, ever, ever do that ever again. You almost made me want to turn off my damn TV more than the game. And it's very, very hard to do that. Olympic team. Absolutely dominated. Did a great job. Uh, they, I mean, they were starting to sub out players. They were like, they were pretty much kicking up their feet. They were like, man, we got this. We got it. And they got it. Ertz, I think she had a, a header or something like that. Yeah, I think she did. In the back of the net, 86 minutes. Absolutely love it. I didn't even know the women were playing, by the way. I thought that, like, I did. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I haven't thought about any... Of the uh, of the U.S. women's soccer team games at all uh, during football, I've been just so busy with football and basketball and other stuff as well. I'm like, man, I can't like I can't think about women's soccer right now. I'm like, I hate soccer terribly, but I will watch the women's soccer team. 
24, how did the women look out there on the pitch? I was surprised that they weren't dominating Spain, but I think Sp- oh yeah, I mean Spain is Spain, so Spain had a had a bunch of had a bu- has has great soccer players, I guess. But I was I was saying I was like beat beat those damn Spaniards, beat them back to Spain, send them back. I think they were playing in America, so I was saying send those Spaniards back to Spain on 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 those on those uh, uh, ships on the Mayflower. Those are the Italians. Never mind. I don't know. I'm I'm bad at. Talking trash, I guess. I don't know. But I enjoyed the game. I enjoyed the win. And it made me kind of think to myself, I'm like, what are we going to do for the Olympics? As a podcast, it's like, what do we, you know, we're, we're almost coming, we're three months away from the annual podcast episode. June, I think 29th is going to be the year the year anniversary, the the one year anniversary. There you go. Again, I stutter sometimes. I can't think of words. But the one year anniversary of Twenty Four's podcast. I mean, literally like three months in, maybe two months in, we were already the best. We're still the damn best. I can take a break. Everything can fall to shit. We're still the damn best. Don't let anyone tell you different. It's like man, like it's already been a year almost nine months. Still the best. Still kicking. Still getting stuff done. Absolutely love it. But what are we going to do during the Olympics? I, th- I here's here's what I'm going to do for the Olympics. I think what I'm going to do because I um, I hate soccer. I will not cast a soccer game. I will watch soccer. I'll talk about soccer briefly, and then I'll also talk about. Uh, I'll also cast all of the men's basketball games because I love basketball. I love basketball. I hate soccer. I love America. I love winning. It's like, you know, it's like I love basketball. I love America. I love LeBron James. I love uh, winning. It's like all of the best stuff comes together sometimes during the Olympics. I just wish that some of them, sometimes the men would get some pushback, some competition. Just, you know, don't make it easy on us. Don't, you know, just, just don't give us the gold. I want to feel like we earned it. You know, provide some resistance for us. So that way I can go home and feel like a winner at the end of the day when we go home and, and our guys get the gold. The gold on them. Like I don't watch the Olympics to see us absolutely dominate. I see. I, I want to see some pushback here, so that way it's it's not just you know we get a participation trophy because it kind of is. It's like you know all the men have to do is show up and we win essentially. Kind of want to win. Want to win. I want some pushback. I want some competition. You know, that's what I want. I want some competition. So I think that's what we'll do. I won't cast any of the other Olympic games. Also, apparently the Olympics are pretty, like, sketchy with some of the stuff. With some of, like, people casting and not even casting, but, like, talking about their content. So I don't even, like, I don't even know if I'm, like, allowed to even talk about the Olympics. Like, they they may, like, like, I I don't want to, like, I don't want to lose my channel. I don't want to lose the podcast. I don't want to lose all this work that I've put in. But it's, like, I've heard that. I'm... I don't know what limit I can push it. I, I, don't, I don't, like, again, I don't even know if I'm allowed to talk about it. That's how, like, strict they are with the Olympics. So, uh, more updates on the Olympics as well. Uh, I mean, what, like, it, I, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, on most of the stuff that our top athletes compete in, like, we dominate it. It's like, it, it's just, we get the gold in everything. It's like, and, and on top of that, our best athletes during, like, most most of the time, 
They don't even compete. Like, imagine if freaking John Jones or Deontay Wilder, for example, was boxing. Like, are you kidding me? We would absolutely kill some of we, we would kill everybody else. They're like, eh, I don't want to get injured. I want to get paid. Also, that's why LeBron James doesn't go. That's why Stephen Curry didn't go, I think, four years ago. That's also why I think Kawhi Leonard didn't go. Kyrie Irvin, Kevin Durant, Klay Thompson, they all went. But not the other guys. Not the big hitters. There were some other guys, like Draymond Green, he went, but... Draymond, Draymond isn't Steph or Clay. <laughs> like you, you would usually want Steph or Clay to roll with Draymond. He did not. <laughs> they did not. So that's kind of the Olympics uh, talking about in, in in Tokyo. Also, the uh, the coronavirus. I don't necessarily know what's up with that. Again, I was watching the Philip DeFranco show on that. The Surgeon General literally said, like. Like, it's broken contain. I don't want to scare you. Hold on. Let me play it. But apparently, it's broken contain, and the best thing that, like, literally he says, like, the only thing we can do is just wait it out. I'm not paraphrasing. Like, that's literally what he said. Let me find it. And the CDC have, like, have have like a link literally below like the CDC's link is placed below this video. Let me find the surgeon general talking about this. He appeared on CNN. This is this is the surgeon general. So this is the guy this this is him. This is him. Here we go. Protect as many people from catching the virus as possible. The US Surgeon General Jerome Adams saying initially we had a posture of containment so that we could give people time to prepare for where we are right now. Now we're shifting into a mitigation phase, which means that we're helping communities understand you're going to see more cases. Unfortunately, you're going to see more deaths, but that doesn't mean that we should panic. There you go. That's exactly what he said. So um, I don't know what the hell that means. I like I don't I don't I don't know how this is. Um, Thank you, China. Thank you, China. Thank you, China, so much for spreading a horrific disease literally on the rest of the planet. We're now Italy, and this is in this video, by the way, from Philip DeFranco, where literally Italy is now having to shut down its country, and like 60 million people can't leave the damn country. Thank you, China. Thank you so much. I wish you guys got banned in China. Everybody should be, you You should ban yourselves. Jesus Christ. It's like you're, you're one of the world's worst polluters. You guys just don't give a fuck. Chinese, China men don't care. What do you want today? Death with a side of transmittable, highly transmittable disease. We can do that for you. Sorry. <laughs> like I just had to get that off my chest. So, uh, how does the corona uh, the, the coronavirus uh, affect everything? Well, um, I don't know if the Olympics may be canceled. I don't know if they'll be postponed. I don't know what's going on. It, they're apparently back on. They have until May to figure shit out. Until then, it's up in the air. By the way, um, the NBA may not have stadiums where fans are allowed to walk into. So, they're going to have boring, quiet stadiums 
where the NBA players play basketball games. It's getting to that point because they don't want shit to spread. And LeBron James was like, I'm not playing if fans aren't there. So. There you go. I don't think it was in a selfish reason. I think it was like, like that's that's ridiculous. Like, fans will be there. Now, if it gets serious, and I kind of hope it doesn't get serious because, uh, it's a fucking it's a fucking disease that can kill people. Like, I don't, I don't, I hope it doesn't get so serious. But it's like, like it's like how how do we not have? I'm getting political here. Like, I'm like, how do we not have this shit contained? Like, how? Like, we're the best country on the planet. How do we not have it contained? I don't, I don't fucking get it. I don't get it. I'm not smart, and I admit that, but it's like, can somebody break it down? Like, how do we not have any any of this shit figured out? I thought we would have, like, found, like, a cure, you know? Like, a vaccine for it or something like that. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just me being helplessly optimistic, I guess. Hopelessly optimistic. Dak Prescott, by the way, just had that great ball, great go-route ball to Amari Cooper. It was the play, I think, where Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper, like, Amari Cooper was like, come on, like, Dak, like, apparently uh, Amari was supposed to run some type of a comeback, and Amari is like, dude, I'm killing these guys, like, let me run a go. So Dak changes the play at the line, and that's the sc- and that's how they scored that touchdown because he he beat him in one on one, no safety help. It was man to man, and and Amari was like, "Come on, man! Like throw me the football." Let me see it. Like come on, just give me give me the ball. Hold on. Does he change it? Yeah, he does. I think he did either at the line or during or during the huddle. He just goes straight to Amari. Bang! What a beautiful ball. That crowd is going, going hot right now. Jesus Christ. Great job by Amari Cooper on that catch. Absolutely slicing and dicing them. So, um, LA versus Clippers, LA versus Giannis, LA versus everybody. Uh, they swept a, They swept everybody that they needed to beat. Uh, the top tier teams, they made it look stupidly easy. Ridiculous. And I don't think the Lakers were playing that good of a of a basketball game and i watched the entirety of the LA Clippers versus the LA Lakers they by the way one of the dumbest decisions ever was to have that game <laughs> try to try to make it like oh my god you know we're going to make it LA versus LA we're going to make it a Clippers game we're going to have the Clippers broadcaster like every single time the broadcaster was like defense nobody said anything and they tried to play the music and it it was just a terrible terrible game they should never do that the Clippers, they need their own stadium, not in L.A. The Lakers, they run L.A., and they were running it all weekend long. It was it was terrible for the Clippers. The Clippers, they got beaten badly, and uh, I don't think they played. I don't think the Lakers played their best basketball. It's going to be a great postseason for the NBA. I, I can't wait. We're almost midway through March. It's the 10th. This weekend, it's going to be the 15th. March, this year is going pretty fast. But let me tell you something, man. It's just going to keep rolling and rolling and rolling and rolling. And we're going to be, we're going to get Cyberpunk 2077 in March. That's the only thing, not March, uh, September. That's the only thing I'm kind of thinking about. But it's just going to go fast. 
a lot of the things are going to go fast. A lot of the uh, a lot of the months are going to go fast, and, and by the time I know it, the XFL is going to be over. They're going to have their playoffs. The NBA is going to be over. They're going to have uh, not over, but it's just going to get started. They're going to have two months of playoffs. I can't wait, ladies and gentlemen. I cannot wait to cast a lot of basketball games for you. Point is, Lakers are looking sharp. Clippers, they got to step it up. Giannis has got to step it up as well. Giannis has got to step it up. Let me pull up the XFL. We'll do some XFL. I have anything else? Yes, sir. I got something else. Let me write down the name. I wrote it on a on a separate page. Let me write down the name of the guy that I was talking about. Excuse me. All right, XFL stuff. 24, what do you got to talk about the XFL? Just going to recap it. Just going to recap it. Talked about Seattle versus Houston. Uh, PJ Moore, did he have a great game or not? He had a good game. I think he had like two interceptions. I think he was trying to do too much. He knew who he was going up against. He knew he was going up against Seattle. He was a little bit out of rhythm. He also knew that there were NFL scouts there as well. I think, you know, like trying to watch him and try to see what's going on and things of that nature. Still won the game by nine points, 32-23. But once he started to get into that rhythm, once he started to get into that flow, I think that's I think that's where he started to shine, kind of in uh, later on in the game. But also, let's be honest, the defense, they had an outstanding game. It doesn't seem like it does it, 23-32, to 32, but I think they had two or three turnovers. Something ridiculous like that. Quarterback didn't have any turnovers. What did they have? Yep, they had a fumble recovered. They had a forced fumble and a fumble recovered. They had a number of fumble. Hmm. I thought they had more, but I guess they didn't. <laughs> they had more numbers. thought they had two interceptions or three. or Not two interceptions or three interceptions, excuse me. Two turnovers. Maybe three, but they, they do not. They do not. But when it comes to the uh, the Houston Roughnecks versus the Seattle Dragons, they absolutely dominated that game defensively. Offensively, they, they needed to look a little bit sharper, but liked it a lot. Liked what I saw a lot uh, from, from uh, what's his name? Sorry, I'm, I'm watching an NFL Network report. Four-month scans of mo- on Monday were very good with no concerns on Tua Tagovailoa's hip. So Tua's good. Let me just write that down. Tua is good. And I'll save that for probably Wednesday's podcast. I'll also have a Thursday podcast and a Friday podcast. I will take off tomorrow as well. Technically today. Anyways. Maybe not. We'll see. <laughs> I'm like, maybe not. Maybe not. We'll see. Anyways. Um, yeah, I, I've been saying it for weeks, man. PJ Walker is the best football player. On any team, there is not a quarterback, wide receiver, D-tackle, running back, whatever position you want to account for, that is as good as him. Usually they're units, they're not one guy. P.J. Walker is that dude. He is that one guy. And I think next week, he's going to have a comeback week. He's going to have a comeback game. He's going to have a great game. He's going to have an awesome game against the Guardians, the New York Guardians, who are, in my opinion, extremely overrated. They're going to play up against them. 
and they're going to absolutely dominate. How many points? So they have 30 points. How many off of uh, their quarterback? 30 points. How's their defense looking? He had one touchdown. Their running backs had one touchdown. It looks like all of their points came off of turnovers. Two INTs. Uh, let me go to the defense. Two INTs. They didn't have a fumble. They had a lot of passes defended against. How did they score points? <laughs> like how did they? Like how did how did how did the other team score freaking points? They didn't have any fumbles. How did they score points? I don't get that. Where's the touchdowns? I don't. I don't. I don't understand how how they have two. How how. I, I don't understand the stat sheet. I don't understand the game log. It doesn't make any sense to me. Like, how do you have two INTs, but only one force? I, I, I don't I don't understand. But anyways, uh, the Guardians, they suck. They're going to lose to Houston next week. And Deshaun, not Deshaun, PJ Walker, he is going to constantly keep, uh, continue to stack the deck up against the NFL as to why you should not pick him up as a quarterback. Keep on saying it, man. Every single week, he keeps on showing you why he should be an NFL quarterback. Every single week. every single, It's midway through the season. The bad game, I think he had two touchdowns. Two touchdowns, two INTs. Steam till, his team, excuse me, three touchdowns, two INTs. Team still beat the tar out of the opposing, uh, the opposing team. I think they were down by like two touchdowns at one point. And I was like, this is going to be the best, this is going to be the best comeback game uh, of the year. This is going to be one of the best games of the year. And it was. It was. Except the refs started to kind of stink it up, John. I, I, I don't want to say anything. I don't want to say anything else. What did Houston score? Yeah, it was 14-0 to at one point. I'm looking at the game log right now. But Houston, they're going to have a great... They had a great week this year. Not this year, but this week. Another win... 5 and 0 only undefeated team in the entirety of uh the conference of the sport excuse me and on top of that they beat Seattle so they you know an easy team but you know they struggled a little bit with it uh New York versus Dallas both of the teams suck 30 to 12 New York won it Dallas lost it by uh, by 18 points they only scored 12 points it's like both well, they suck Seattle versus DC upset alert DC beat St. Louis 15 to 6 I like. I I got issues with St. Louis's quarterback, Ta Amau. Ta Amau. That's what his name I think is Ta Amau. Got some issues with him specifically, because with him, um, he can't throw the football deep down the football field. He can throw short, intermediate throws. He can't throw deep. He can't do that. So you don't need a cover deep ever. Why would you need a cover deep ever? When you're not getting guarded deep, when you're not th- when you're when your guy when you're when the quarterback isn't throwing deep, doesn't make any sense, does it? Nope. But he didn't do anything. Six to fifteen, that's not very good. Six to fifteen, it looks like it was three to six for the majority of the game. It was actually 6-6 six to six in the second quarter. And then nothing happened for almost two quarters. It happened where um, 
It happened where freaking the DC defenders scored a field goal, nine to six. Then they scored another one, twelve to uh, twelve to six. Then they scored another one, fifteen to six. It's like is easy is 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 not D- DC, but is St. Louis going to score ever? Asta Amau. 15 of 25, 60% completion percentage, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. Gotta make plays. Gotta make plays. Can't just be, oh, we're just gonna, you know, dink and dunk, 60%, 174. Gotta make some damn plays. Gotta throw down the football field. Or is yards per attempt? Is yards per attempt? 7.0. So he's dinking and dunking. What else do we got? Talked about Seattle versus DC. Then we're going to talk about Tampa Bay versus LA. Talked about how proud I was of Tampa Bay last week. How much of an improvement they did. They made. They hung in, uh, but uh, not not really because the Wildcats they 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 pretty much just did whatever they wanted with them. I'm not going to lie to you. I I turned the game off because I was like, man, like they're getting so many defensive turnovers and scoring. Like they had like two forced fumbles that were returned for touchdowns. Like I knew that DC, not DC, Tampa Bay, like they may get some yards. They may get some numbers in garbage time. But I was like, at this point, I don't care. (laughs) I'm like, I I don't don't care how much. I don't care how many points you get in garbage time. It's not going to be enough. So they make it look. Nice, like a nice loss, like a one position. They make it look nice, but in reality, thirty-four to forty-one, it should have been maybe like twenty-three to like thirty-seven or something like that. Looks like a nice loss, but it still lost. Um, still, the only team that I feel like watching is Houston. What are the week six, six matchups? Houston versus New York, first game of the day. Uh, St. Louis versus Tampa Bay. Is there an interesting game? Ooh. Dallas versus D.C. Interesting football game. Reason why. Uh, you have two teams that are on the fringe. One, t- Both teams. We'll see. I think Landry Jones, he may be playing in it. He may not be. I think I'll watch those two games. Houston versus New York. Dallas versus D.C. on the weekend. We'll just see who's fake, who's real, who's going to win, who's not going to win, all that good stuff. Final story of the day. I got to you today. Des Bryant. Potential for going back to the Cowboys. Kind of flip-flop on this. At first, I was like, man, Dez back to the Cowboys. It would be it would be a good one. It would be a good story. All-time leader in touchdowns for Dallas. Great guy. Not maybe not a great guy, but seems to have gotten his mental back. Seems to, you know, seems that there was maybe something wrong with maybe his mental health. It seems like he has that figured out. So I'm happy for him on that front. Not on the football front. Not that he'll play again, but just that he's okay. 
you know, with CTE, with football, with the head trauma, it's important to have the mental health just to to understand your your situation essentially because mental health is different for everybody. You know, some people can take uh, some people can just get beaten the crap out of and have just a bunch of concussions, have a bunch of just head trauma, and their brains will be okay. But other people, it's like you can take just you have so many hits left in you. You have so many hits before it gets before before you you really start to see that trauma. So everybody's different. Des Bryant, I hope he's okay. And it sounds like he's okay. It sounds like he's doing better. Not on a football front, but on just a personal level. Seems like he's doing okay. Now, let's get to the football front. First, I was like, eh, Des Bryant back to the Cowboys. I, 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 I would like that. I like that. I like that a lot. You know, Dak Prescott, he's he's back. You know, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, Randall Cobb, Blake Jarwin. And, and Des was talking about it. He talks about it a lot. He's like, those four guys com- compared to me, think of how, th- th- like, if I'm the third option, right? Because think about it like this. Think about uh, Blake Jarwin not being on the football field. And, I, and I'll talk about this in a second. But Blake Jarwin not being in the football field, Des Bryant, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and Randall Cobb, whoever is on Des is barbecue chicken. Barbecue chicken. So I was like, man, you know, Dak is such a better passer of the football now that I think him and Dez would work out very, very well. But then the combine rolled around and I started to see some guys in the draft and I was like, man, I like some of these dudes in the draft. I like some of these football players. I like uh, where they are. You know, I like their production. This is a very, very deep draft. It's like, I'm fine. I'm fine where I am. I, I like AGG. I like Antonio Gandy Golden. You know, there's another guy, John Hightower. He's a big bodied wide receiver. If you want a big, I mean, they're both bigger and taller than Dez. And I think um, they're faster than Dez. Maybe not faster. I think John Hightower is faster. Michael, not Michael, uh, um, excuse me, AGG, Antonio Gandy Golden. He is slower, but he's bigger. Of course, he should be bigger. Or not bigger, but slower. And then I really started to think about it again. I'm like, hmm. Wouldn't have to draft a wide receiver high. Everybody keeps on telling me, this is going to get better. The wide wide receiver draft class, they're going to get better. They're going to get deeper and they're going to get better. So maybe you don't spend a third or a fourth. Maybe you spend a fifth or a sixth on a wide out. Maybe you do bring back up Des Bryant. And maybe you put two guys in the slot. Think about it like this. Maybe it's now two guys in the slot. Maybe it's now a Des Bryant. Maybe he can play over the middle. Maybe he can do some things for you inside and outside, like literally every wide receiver who's going to be a number one top-tier wide receiver can do. Maybe you put him inside. Maybe you put Amari Cooper inside and you take Des Bryant outside making it an absolute mismatch wherever Dak Prescott pretty much throws because Michael Gallup, he's going to get the two. He's going to get the second cornerback. Amari Cooper, if they're smart, is going to get the number one. Most number one corners, they don't usually play in the slot. They play outside the numbers. So it's like, hmm. Now Amari Cooper, he has really, really, he has a really, really nice matchup. Then Des Bryant, he's going to get the third guy at the top. A veteran wide receiver. 
Now, you don't have to commit to Dez. But let's say you bring him in. Let's say you try him out. Let's say you, you know, you, you understand the monster that is 88. Let's say you understand him. Let's say you bring him into camp. You bring him into camp. Try him out a little bit. Try him out. Just see what's going on. See what he's, see what he's all about. See what Des Bryant's all about. See if he can compete with the guys. See if Dak Prescott has the rapport with them. See if he's see if he's all right. Then once you figure, then once you dot your eyes, cross your T's. If he's up to snuff, if he's if he's there, you sign him. If he's not there, if he's not up to snuff, if he's not capable, you just release him. But I think giving Mike McCarthy that option, giving Mike McCarthy the ability to take 88, uh, I, I, I think I think you got. I think I think if you're Dallas, you look at it, you call him up and you look at it. If not for the only other reason that, like, see if anything's there. Maybe there isn't anything there. Maybe he isn't as good as he once was. He definitely isn't as good as he once was. But maybe he isn't able to contribute to your team at all. Maybe you're like, we're fine, we're good. You figure that stuff out in training camp. Or you figure out he's got some juice left. Because really, the only team he fucking wants to play for is Dallas. And I think he. I think here's the thing. He learned a lot in the two years that he pretty much did not play football because he did not play football for almost two years. I think he learned a lot. I think he wants to come back. I think he wants to be dominant. I think he wants to play for Dallas. (coughs) Excuse me. Everybody, I think Des Bryant is getting chains, selling chains. Welcome to Society X. This is apparently, I think, a chain or something like that. We are a one-of-a-kind community that provides exclusive access to an array of luxury goods, services, and events. Society X was created to serve its members with the high-quality lifestyle that they deserve and desire and deserve as one of the first members of our community you are officially considered a founder of society x that fucking sounds cool man (laughs) like founder of society x as a founder you are entitled to additional benefits and perks these will include an all-exclusive invitation to the official society x welcome party hosted by des bryant and his friends entry into a thirty thousand dollar giveaway where are they getting all this money VIP and early access to all Society X events, individual video chats with influencers, and more. Blah, blah, blah. Welcome to Society X. That is Des Bryant's social media thing. I think. Check this out. This is five hours ago. Five hours ago. Yo, Des Bryant. Before I join Society X Life, I'd like to confirm you will be helping me win a Dynasty Championship this year. Been holding strong, Dan. As Bryant said back to him, I'm touching the field this year.
touching the field this year. Touching the field this year. It'd be something. Des Bryant threw off the X back in Dallas. Now, Marshawn Lynch did something similar. He didn't have a lot of juice left. You couldn't run him a lot between the twenties, but if you ran him if you ran him from the ten, if you ran him on the five, he could go get you a touchdown. He could make he can I mean he looked damn near like the old beast mode. He's like, I I may not have a lot of gas left in the tank, but I got enough juice left to go get us a touchdown. You can be damn sure of that. And every single time he touched that football in the end of the season game, every single time they scored a touchdown, it was it went it went it, it was it was pandemonia in Seattle. Now I'm watching Amari Cooper play up against the Eagles right now, and I just saw him score with three minutes left on the clock, the touchdown that gave Dallas the uh, uh, the lead. Late in the fourth quarter, three minutes, 10 seconds left. Great ball by Dak Prescott, but Amari Cooper gains the leverage on the DB, and he just jogs in for a touchdown. Easy money. And everybody in Dallas is absolutely going just crazy. Like, imagine if Des Bryant comes back. And I, I, I love this philosophy. I love putting two guys in the slot for Dak Prescott. I love it. I love that. I love that. You put Amari, you put Randall, you put outside Dez Michael. You put in, if he can work on the inside, and let me see, let me see some of his stuff. Let me see if he's, if he's an, if if he can work on the inside. I think he's just been, I think he has been working a little bit in the slot. Let me see it. Let me see it. <clears throat> Let me see his workout. Sorry about that. Here we go. Let me I'm gonna mute this, by the way. Okay, so he's doing some cones here. Already saw that. Saw that one today. He by the way, interestingly enough. Des Bryant is working at the star. Now, if you don't know what the star is, the star is the facility essentially that the Dallas Cowboys made where it where it's it's kind of like a business center, right? Maybe not a business center. It's it's like an office space with football fields. It's ironically enough, maybe not ironically enough, but purposely enough where the Dallas Cowboys also train. Like they have a practice facility at the star, business offices, like business offices that you can rent are at the star. There's also training facilities at the star as well. Des is, Des is working out at the star. He's working out at one of these training facilities there. So seeing a lot of outside work, not a lot of in-breaking. I mean, they're, they're, they're like comeback routes. They're in-breaking routes. They're the stuff that he's known for. Kind of want to see him work a little bit more in the slot here. They're showing the exercise. They're showing his hands because that was one of his main criticisms, his hands as well. Hands are seem okay, you know, not like not like world beater hands, but they seem I, I like that he's working on his hands. At least at least he's showing that hey, like at least I'm I'm trying here. 
That is not what I wanted to see. I did. It was like 30 seconds. My bad. Let me see him work in the slot. Okay, so he's in the slot now. All right. All right. That's an okay route. He's not going like full speed or whatever. But that was an okay. That was an okay out route. Let me see him. Okay, so he's in the slot again. Bang. Oh, that's that's the same route that I just saw. Just reround. Sorry about that. Working on the outside. Good catch by him. Doing some drills where he's stutter stepping and catching footballs and throwing it back to the quarterback. Bang. This is not what I came here to see. I came here uh, to see him work on the inside. Because the main criticism for Dez, if you don't remember, all the way back in 2017, technically it was, yeah, it was 2017, was that Dez Bryant could not work on the inside, on this slot, or in the slot, excuse me. He only had one route, technically two routes, an an in-breaking route, and the back shoulder fade, and that's it. He didn't have any depth to his route tree, like, he he has got to have depth, and I'm I'm trying to check to see if he's running any any different types of routes here. Okay, that's kind of that's almost outside the numbers. He's kind of working a little bit. He's pretty much working outside the numbers. This is gonna be, I don't know. This isn't a slot. They're they're just going through drills and stuff like that. So the video that I'm watching right now, it's a lot of drills. It's a lot of um. I want to see more in-breaking stuff. Maybe not in... I'm sorry, not in-breaking stuff, but more... More freaking... Uh, what's the word? More slot stuff. More him being in the slot. I want to see some depth to his route tree. So they're working some red zone stuff. Set him up. Bang. Bad ball, but good catch. There you go. Ooh, that's a nice catch. That's a... This is three months ago. This is like four or five months ago. This is in November. It's a pretty good route by him. He works on the inside, bang, turns the dude around, goes to the outside, catches it. Good job by Dez. Again, that was an out route. Haven't really seen him do a whole lot of out route stuff. Good job by Dez on that route. Again, working on the outside. What what would he want? What would what would he do exactly? Would he be working on the outside or would he be working? On the inside. Like, would he, be, would he be inside the numbers or outside the numbers? These motherfuckers with these fucking highlight videos. They only have, like, one-minute videos. One-minute and 28-second videos. And then they just, like, like play subscribe to my channel. I'm like, just, ugh. Just give me the full, like, 20, like, the, just, just do better. Do better. Watching the Des Bryant Patrick Mahomes workouts here. This this is all outside stuff, by the way. This is one thousand percent out out routes, and this is exactly what Des did back in Dallas when he was in Dallas. Like a, a lot of people are like, "Oh man, look at his speed! Look at his agility!" He was slow coming out of the combine. I'm not looking for that type of stuff. I'm looking at his uh, at his ability to run different types of routes. That's a good out route by Des. His ability to catch the football because he had issues catching the football. By the way. I mean, it's 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 practice and it's drills and it's stuff like that. I mean, not even practice; it's working out. So, like, it, it's you know, it's it's hard to kind of see how much of this stuff will translate to an actual game. But I've 
the stuff that he's running, I'm, I'm like, okay, all right. He's, he's like, he caught a, a really like Mahomes threw a ball that was way behind him, and bang, he caught it. It's a pretty great catch by Dez. Bang, bang, good catch. He's in a helmet on now. The reason why I want him to play multiple positions, not just outside the numbers, is for the exact same reason that I want Blake Jarwin to start next season. Because I think we have better guys on the roster than Des Bryant. I think Amari Cooper is better. I think Gallup is better. Like, I want him, like, like if he's going to play, I don't want him to just play outside. I want him to play inside. I want him to work outside. Like he doesn't have, he doesn't necessarily need to be a tight end. I don't I don't think he needs to be a tight end at all. Like some people are going to be like, well, he needs to be a tight end and blah 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 blah. I think he needs to be a contributor. And I didn't really see that when he was last there in Dallas. It was hard for him to contribute, and he said it. He said it. Uh, what was it? When he left Dallas, he said like they only use me in one way. That way was they they only use me outside. So, all right, now you get a chance to work outside. Let's see how you work outside. Oh, let me see the the sun. Okay, so this is this is the uh, the workout where he catches it, where he lays down on his back and stuff like that. Let me turn that off. Yep. This is the video where everybody was like, oh my God, that's so scary that he's on his back. But I'm like, I, I, I like this stuff. He's working on his hands. Dang. Caught it with both hands. Caught it with his left hand, right hand. So it's on Instagram. I was on his Twitter. So I was like, why am I not seeing this stuff? It's like, no, it's on his Instagram. He like tweets like 80 times a day, by the way. Like, I had to, like, yesterday I was trying to find a tweet of his, and literally I couldn't find anything from him because of, like, how many tweets, maybe not couldn't find, but it just, it was ridiculous how many tweets this dude, this dude does, like, or has, like, on a daily basis, man. Like, Jesus Christ, like, sometimes less is more. Sorry, let me turn that off. I think this is just a hype video that I'm watching. Yeah, this is a hype video. Okay. Like I don't I don't wanna see the hype. Let me see him run routes. <laughs> here we go. So here I think this is against actual DBs. Seeing the cone drills, bang. He's doing more cone drills. Please tell me this isn't all he's gonna do. Okay. I wanna see him line up. Okay. He's out of college, by the way, some stadium, so he's not even another in breaking route. Okay, so this is him in the slot. Bang. He's just running an out route. Ooh, gets the to Tony Toe Tap. I already saw that clip too. Anything else? Oh, okay, so this is when he's going. He's at SMU, by the way. This is when he's going up it's a DB. Out route. There you go. What about another one? Bang. Oof. Puts a double move on the DB. Goes over the top. Catches it. It's a back shoulder fade. The bread and butter of Des Bryant. Let's see it again. Let's see something. Let's see what he's got to show up. Bang. 
That's exactly what you want to see. Looks like he was running a go route. Like I, I like you know what? I like how he is masking a lot of his routes now. It looked like he was running a go route, but he kind of stutter steps and stops, and he's running a slant, and he just slightly just pushes the guy, <laughs> pushes the guy away from him. I love it. Bang. These are all like outside the numbers too. By the way, these aren't just like like slot routes. So it's like. Do you want a guy who's only going to play outside? Because it kind of is starting to look like he's starting to play only outside. There you go. Again, outside the numbers. Okay. Anything else that he's got to show me? Right in the podcast. Is this another one? Yeah, I don't know who he's going up against right now. It looks like he's just going up against a training instructor. He still fucking got it, man. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, he, I don't, I don't know, I don't know how he has it. I don't know how he still has it. He still has the ability to be that dude in the red zone, man. Holy smokes! He can go over the top with the 50-50 balls. He can have a slant route that he's running up. I don't know who the hell he's he's working against right now. But the thing is, if I'm honest with you, I don't think Tony threw the best footballs i'm not gonna lie to you like a lot of people are like des is just a 50 50 ball machine and also it's kind of because he's slow but i think if he just if he can learn how to run routes please please tell me like please tell me he can run routes i i think he could be a a really really nice addition to the cowboys this year he may be a good addition he may be a good second guy a good third guy i don't know about number one but, like, we'll we'll see just how good Des Bryant will be uh, depending on, like, depending on where he's going to be taken, I guess. I don't, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know, man. I don't know anything. I don't, I don't know. I haven't seen him play up against actual NFL players. And the last time I saw him, he, 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 he wasn't very good, if I'm honest with you. Hopefully he gets back into the game, though. Not wishing ill will on him. It's the all-time leader in receptions for a Dallas Cowboy. It's like, what what kind of fan would I be to be like, oh, I don't want Des Bryant to succeed when he goes to another football team. Like, Jesus Christ, you're not being intelligent or realistic at all. People still got to get jobs even after they're fired. Hopefully that journalist, by the way, that got fired by uh, whatever, by the score, whatever they were called, gets hired again. Uh, hopefully he actually does his homework and his research the next time he has a job. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning into the podcast. This has been 24's podcast, the best video gaming and sports podcast on the entire internet. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Pretty much where you can find any podcast, you can find 24's podcast. I'm gonna take a break on Tuesday. I think I, I, I like to have one day. I don't even like to say break. I like to have one day off. You know, Tuesday's kind of my day off gonna come back Wednesday we're gonna discuss uh what was going on what has been going on in the last couple of days whether or not Dak Prescott will get franchise tag blah 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 all that crap ladies and gentlemen until my next video I hope you have a fantastic day and I will see you next time bye bye <laughs>